Kelly. Hi, Pamela. And we have such a special day today. (laughs) I am really super excited. Sounds like we have quite a show. We have quite a show. I don't know if I'm doing this for the audience or just for my own entertainment, but either way, I'm having fun. Yes. (laughs) So I have also got juror number nine, Kathy, here with us today. Hello, everyone. Nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Our pleasure. And we also have back the famous and infamous Tom Harvey. (laughs) (laughs) Although only infamous to you. That's true. true. Well, maybe to a couple other people, but we're not mentioning names. Yeah, maybe a couple other. (laughs) The reason that I brought these guys in is this is some really crazy stuff. And as I'm doing the podcast, I'm actually trying to do it chronologically of when I learned things and how things were happening in my life at that time. And about when sentencing happened and just after sentencing, I became aware of some commenters online. And I know everybody like in our world today, which I I actually totally disagree with everyone's ability to be anonymous commenters. I think it's creating a bunch of crap in our world because we treat people differently. Like when I used to do counseling with people like seminars and help couples, I would say, make sure that when you're talking to your spouse, when you talk to them, that you take their hand. Cause we talk differently when we touch them. And mm-hmm. I think when we go even further than that, not just holding someone's hand, but when we can pretend to be someone else, people oh. can be, people can just be assholes. Mm-hmm. And it causes and, so much trouble, like you said, worldwide. But look at our suicide rates, and look at our our students yeah. and our children. Yeah. I mean, and kids are even adults. Suicide yeah, over this crap. yeah, it's yeah, it's not right. Mm-hmm. It, it is not right. Yeah. So as we were going through trial, in Jeremy's case, I've said a number of times that I mean, Tom Harvey could have won a Pulitzer Prize for the, all those stories on this stuff, and you should have, <laughs> except for the stories that made us look bad. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're in trouble. You're in trouble. <laughs> but there was so much media attention from all of this, and that was because there were so many people that were interested. Well, when you get that happening, you get a bunch of people that want to comment. And I was having just a hard time dealing with all of it, processing it, trying to keep my head above water. I didn't become aware of these commenters until later on in the trial. And then after, like I say, when it got like to sentencing and everything else and what started really getting my attention and our attention on the defense team, there were two commenters. When you're saying commenters, commenting where? Are they emailing you to the courthouse? How are they getting access to what you're doing? No, commenting like on Tom Harvey's articles. Okay. On the Salt Lake Tribune and then KSL Deseret News. Okay. They used the same username for both of those sites. Okay. And by the time the trial ended, <laughs> oh man, about when I started paying attention was when the jurors actually started getting involved. <laughs> and okay. it was, I mean, it, it almost became like verbal warfare. Like it was. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Like it was really, really intense. It was okay. almost like being back in the jury deliberation room. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, that for those of us that yeah. weren't in there, yeah, that gives us a, a good idea of how, how that really goes. It really was. I think I need to give a little bit of background about why yeah, this is so people. important. Yeah. Because why it's important that 
why do we care if someone's commenting from the government? Because they can't. Oh. They legally can't. They can't. And let me give you an example of a case. You guys remember when in New Orleans when the mm -hmm. when the levee broke and there was chaos that happened. This was like I believe in 2013 and there were some officers or maybe it had to be before that, but they were going to trial in 2013. There were I think five officers that were on trial for killing okay. two civilians. It was a really big case and they were dead to rights. They committed murder. They killed those two people. And to charge a police officer is a really big deal. Sure. As we all know, very serious. Any murder charge is serious, but when you charge yeah. your own police officers, yeah. it's another level. The prosecutor in that case was so emotional about going after those police officers that he was making extensive comments online as a hidden name. He was making extensive comments about the case. And when the defense figured that out and they brought it out, they literally tossed the murder convictions of those wow. five officers. Okay. The judge threw them out. So when we start talking, when we go down this road, this I serious. want everyone to understand, this is about as serious okay. as it can get okay. for a violation. Now, do I believe that someone violated? I do. Okay. I don't know who. What I want to do is share okay. what we do know. So, and I can preface it. Okay, remember when we had Kathy on, juror number nine on before, and we said how the judge gave a disc to everyone of all of Tom's wonderful and crappy articles. <laughs> <laughs> he included all of those. And he included some other stuff from like Deseret News, KSL stuff. They had all this stuff on a disc. And I've been through a lot of trials and I'd never seen a judge do that before. And my first reaction to that was, wow, that is super nice. How nice yeah. of him to do that. Because they have all these articles that they missed because they can't, you guys can't read the news. You can't see anything. So I would be really curious as to what the news was saying as to what was being watched. So that was my first reaction to it. But later, here's another crappy thing. Remember, as soon as the trial ended, the judge said, and no one can talk to the jurors. What? Like, yeah, right. I didn't understand that. You can't tell me who to talk to now I'm done. Yeah. Like, I still You're not live the in boss America. of me. There, yeah. there comes Hello. your attitude, Shelly. <laughs> We're going to do ground me. Uh, that struck me as so totally unusual that a judge would do that. Me you know? too. And if you remember, and if I remember, we, the Salt Lake Tribune, got our attorney involved just over that question of being able to contact wow. jurors. Can the jurors not want to talk? Like, can they say, I don't want to talk to you? Yes. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. Totally. But oh, the absolutely. judge, this is unusual because the judge said, yeah. absolutely don't talk to the jurors. They can't talk to what you. Is, so right. specifically, right. the language that I have is no one is allowed to contact me as a juror from the media or any other in any other way. However, I can contact people about it. He can't put a lid on what I do, but he can okay. put a lid on what the media does. And that's what he did. So I okay. immediately went to Tom Harvey. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, cool. And Yahoo! of course I would, I, you know, I don't know case law on this question at all, but if the trial's done and over, how can he prohibit the news media from contacting jurors? That's what I want to know. Mm -hmm. exactly. What about the First Amendment? That seemed totally wrong. Exactly. The First Amendment right is so, so huge that I just don't see how he could make a ruling <laughs> that would 
overrule the First mm-hmm. Amendment right. That just seems wrong. Uh, rights and wrong. I'm so shocked. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. So It was emotional. It was intense. The first thing I thought was I was dying to talk to the jurors. And then, like, the first thing I hear from the judges, you can't yeah, talk crazy. to the jurors. So I was really bummed and kind of pissed. Like, how can he do that? That doesn't seem right. And I was abiding by it because I didn't want to go to jail. And I was pretty mm-hmm. sure there was a chance of that. So I was following the rules on it. Then we got word that juror number nine, Kathy, wanted to talk to us. And so we talk did talk to us, her. meaning the defense? And the defense, yeah. And we were so grateful. Oh my gosh. I'm not kidding. I was so excited to talk to her. And there were a couple other jurors that wanted to talk with us too. It was like, you would have thought that they were like giving me a brand new car to go to the, like, I'm like, this is so exciting. I get to hear what the jurors think. I, I could have peed my pants. I was so excited. It was awesome. The Tribune filed a request, I guess, with the judge to say, you can't just prohibit all contact with the jurors. So the judge kind of backed off a little bit and he said, if you send me letters to Mm -hmm. the court, we will forward them to the jurors. So that's what we did. We sent them letters and I think Kathy, I think you contacted us. But yeah, I definitely contacted you guys for sure. And I think it was probably okay. after I got the letter, but I'm pretty sure I contacted the defense. I called well, Amanda and Marcus probably within three or four days of the trial. It was okay. very, very soon after that because I really wanted to meet them and talk to them about it. Because from, from my perspective as well, being a juror sitting over here in your lonely little land and then going through all of what you go through in the deliberations and then to mm-hmm. get with a group of people that really have been fighting this battle with you the entire time. You know, so for me, it was a big deal as well to get the Pete, you guys. But for me, it was also a big deal because again, it was like you're in the pit fighting and this group of people has no idea that you're even on their side. Of course, I I had no idea at the time about all of the backstory of of Jeremy and all of John Swallow and the whole nine yards. I I had no idea because I'd moved here from California. So I had right. no idea that any of that Utah politics oh, yeah. had even happened. And we were prohibited from yeah. mentioning Swallow or Shirtliff or I wouldn't have, it anyone. wouldn't have meant anything yeah, yeah, to me because have, at yeah. that point I was keeping myself pure for the yeah. trial. So I would not have looked that up either way. Yes. And so through the jurors, we were able to, mm-hmm. to look at that mm-hmm. CD that the judge provided. It Here's was mine. What... I gave it to Amanda. Right. <laughs> I wish I, you guys could I see what I'm it. seeing because like she's like waving like whoa, pick whoa, me, whoa. pick me, pick <laughs> me. Yeah. So yes. thank you for that because what we learned from the CD. Okay. So yeah, it makes sense that he had the articles from mm-hmm. trial, but that was not exclusively what was on the CD. In fact. It appears to me that the judge had some kind of obsession with this case and Jeremy Johnson way before the trial happened because he had included articles that were way back when the political corruption stuff with Swallow and Shirtliff, that was included on the CD. What? We were forbidden from bringing that up in trial. Why bring that up? So that raised a red flag for me for sure. And it had articles that went clear back. Okay, now trial started in February of 2016. 
and it had articles that dated back to 2011. Now, why would a judge do that? Say that again. Trial started in February uh -huh. of 2016. And on that disc that he gave to the jurors to say, here's a disc of what you missed while you were in court. But that wasn't all, there was a lot on the, way more than just the court. There were articles that went all the way back to 2011, five years earlier. That's that that, that yeah, is why? that raises a yeah. flag okay. for me. It very very concerning. So okay, remember the FTC case? Mm -hmm. They're separate cases, but there was stuff on the disc about the FTC case also. Why? Why would he have that? If you remember, there was the civil. The FTC case was filed in Las Vegas, but there was a Utah component to it because, of course, iWorks was a Utah company. And so there are court filings here, and Judge Newfer was actually the judge assigned to the FTC case to handle any Utah matters. Mm. Yes. So because of that, I believe Newfer should have been recused from this case. He, could, he should have recused himself. You three kind of know what's going on. So you're telling me that we know that there are two different cases going. We know that one's civil and this. Yeah. And Tom, you're saying that the same judge that sat in on this whole mess was also assigned the civil one? Just for matters that involved Utah, for example, if the FTC maybe wanted to freeze some assets or something in Utah, there might be an issue that a judge here in Utah would have to look at. Okay. And Judge Newfer would have handled anything like that that had to do with that case but involved only Utah, not other matters in Las Vegas. But still, again, there's another conflict. Like you so, said, Pam, that doesn't even seem like it, it should be legal. It, absolutely. So here's the problem I have with this. So he was seeing every single filing that happened mm -hmm. in the FTC case for years prior to the criminal case. And here's the problem that I have with that is there was not much defense for that. Jeremy no. was not fighting no. really hard, in my opinion. On the FTC case, I believe Jeremy was much more concerned about the criminal case. So there were a lot of allegations that were being made in the FTC case and they were not being answered. Well, and, if, and the FTC confiscated or froze all of Jeremy's assets. So he ran out of money, didn't, couldn't pay for attorneys in that case either. Wow. <laughs> right. So there's not really any defenses. So the judge was reading all these allegations, but not reading any defense because there really wasn't no. a defense being mounted. Not much of one anyway, if any. So I believe that prejudiced him okay. significantly. On the disc also, Jeremy, he had he had the article about Jeremy's failed plea agreement. I remember Tom did a big, huge story on that in the news. Remember when we talked about when Jeremy was going to take a plea and then he blew it all mm -hmm. up at the last minute? Remember yes. that, guys, everyone? Yes. They're, yes. they're yes. nodding their heads, those of you no, that are listening at home. Trying to be nice and not <laughs> So he had the Feld plea agreement. He had all the stuff about, like I said, shirtloaf and swallow. It was really troubling to me that all of that, it just, I don't understand it. But then when we started talking about the comments, and of course, Jeremy's case really generated a significant number of a lot of readers. And so a lot of people would be commenting after they'd read Pam, the article. They, everybody right. has an opinion, right? Pam, were the comments included on that CD also? And that, that's interesting because here's how Discus worked. And that was the software that was used for the comments and, and to print articles and stuff. If 
the person that was printing the article, if they had gone down in to the comments and made a comment and they had been reviewing comments or commenting, then when they would print an article, then the comments would be included. Oh. If they hadn't gone there, then they wouldn't be included. So here's what was interesting because the disc, some of the articles had comments from Karen SP and Taco Tuesday. Yeah, who are those Karen two SP people? and Taco Tuesday, we don't know. For sure we do not know. What I believe is that those two people were in the government because they had inside okay, information. No when you're saying in the government, are you saying like actively in where you're presenting your case like that? Or you're talking like a yes. jury, the judge, the secretary, I, I, the note taker? Okay. I'm not sure. It wasn't someone down the hall. It was someone okay. that had to be in the courtroom Okay. for, for most and of had, this. had really intimate knowledge of the case. I okay. agree with that 100% because after I started knowledge. commenting as juror number nine, I had several people, um, commenters, who definitely made comments that I was like, this person definitely knows something. This person is intimately involved somehow, but I did not know how. To this day, I do not know how. Right. Absolutely, they have that knowledge, for sure. Just a, a, a point here. You, Kathy, you didn't start commenting until after the- Oh, the day of. No, the, so literally I got home that day because I had been dying, dying, right? To get, because I, you know, I was like, oh, I got to get this out. Um, so no, I did not. I legitimately did not make my, it is juror number nine and I still actually have it. I don't really comment on anything anymore. Because I knew that, you know, you, someone was going to try to get me if I, you know, had ever done anything before that, or I don't know, maybe they can look up when I actually made the account or whatever. So no, I legitimately didn't. Yep. Yes, they can. Just so you know. I made it literally <laughs> that day after I got home. That's the first thing I did. Cause I told my husband, I'm like, I gotta get out there and da 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 da. So I Okay. that day and that's when i started yeah. getting comments back you know the, the the usual you're crazy you're blah 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 whatever so <laughs> wow so. okay so there were two names that really started popping out like kathy was saying as when she was juror number nine and she's getting into these arguments it doesn't take very long for you to realize that this person okay. knows what they're talking about so one person one of the names is karen sp sp okay and the other name is Taco Tuesday. And I actually kind of thought that was interesting. I thought initially I had just thought, oh, it's just because Taco right. Bell has Taco Tuesday, but like whatever. But then when we were recording the last episode, Kathy explained that every Tuesday they fed the, the government had tacos in the <gasps> jury room. Oh, which, really? Every week which on they, Tuesday, we yeah, have Taco yeah. Tuesday every week. Oh, I know. Okay. I never talk. knew that. Yep. Wow. <laughs> that was our meal every Tuesday. <laughs> every Tuesday. So wait. So what are you thinking, Tom? <laughs> oh, just it's 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 suggestive. Just more, yes, it's suggestive. Yeah. <laughs> it is suggestive. Do I believe that the prosecutors likely were getting fed lunch, an option of getting the same lunch that the jurors had? Okay. I do. Do I think the staff, the administration, had the same option? Okay. I do. Especially because we only had like 30 minutes for lunch. It's not like you're going to have like a lot of time to eat. So unless you're bringing a sack lunch from home or something, you're probably going to take a lunch that like, here's a lunch. Here you go. I found that interesting. Okay. Just a little suggestive, just like Kathy said. So the other name was Taco Tuesday. And when I first started becoming aware of this, I was like, what? Like, and the things that they would say, 
it became so evident to me that these people were in the courtroom. They had to be in the courtroom. They're referring to things that happened in court. And here's the thing. We have been sitting in court so long, we know every person sitting in the courtroom. And where they sit all the time. We know. Because we're creatures of habit. Exactly. And so I'm like, wait a minute, who said that? So I, I start, I'm starting like, wait a minute, who's this? Let me give you an example here. Okay, now when we're in trial and they have a sidebar, a sidebar is when you see it on TV when they're like, Your Honor, may we approach the bench? And they go up to the judges, like stand right okay. in front of the judge, and, and they quietly talk. And they'll put white noise on in a courtroom so we can't really? ever hear what they say. Really? And it makes me crazy because I really <laughs> want to hear what they're saying. <laughs> And mostly because when you say, like, don't listen to this, then I really, really want to listen. then everything in your body is like, (laughs) bat ears. Yeah, of course. Exactly. But what I didn't realize until this is that although the rest of us can't hear what is happening at Sidebar, the court reporter records it. They're still taking all the, every word down. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So, wait, okay, I have a question then. If they go to the sidebar and they don't want anybody to hear, but the recorder is recording They don't it. want the jury to hear. So It's the jury. So when mostly. you go back in the notes, is it all there? Could I go back and read what the sidebars are? Yes. Yep. Hot diggity yes. damn. Okay. I know. That's what Perry I thought Mason too. never told <laughs> like me that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So here we have a sidebar. It's between Rob London, the head prosecutor, and they're all up at the judge's bench, right? And... Lennon says, I'm trying to give some leeway. Okay, he's he's trying to help Jeremy out is what he's saying. So here's here's his direct quote. I'm trying to give some leeway, but these questions are hurting you. They're hurting his case. It is not helping. They're, you're not. And then Jeremy interrupts and says, that's my problem, I think. Okay, so they're trying to tell Jeremy that your questions aren't helping yeah. you. And Jeremy's like, hey, that, that's my problem. Yeah. And the judge said, so the judge interrupts and Yeah, so the judge says, I think Mr. Lennon is concerned. You know, there is no such thing as ineffective assistance of self. What does that even mean? Well, usually you can file an appeal saying, I had ineffective assistance of counsel, like your attorney wasn't assisting you in your defense. But Jeremy didn't have an attorney. He was (laughs) representing himself. So the judge was saying, hey, you can't appeal this saying, there's no defense to say that he says there's no such thing as ineffective assistance of okay. self. Okay. So he says, and it's the same thing you did with Mr. Swaim, another witness. And he said, so it is, I'm not going to prejudge any objection, but I think that you are just being warned that you are in the view of the government doing damage to your own case. If you want to persist in that, you make all those decisions. I just think this is a courtesy that Mr. Lennon is bringing. Oh, and I think that's so sweet that Mr. Oh, because, yeah. I know. Like, hey, don't ask those questions. Just trust us. Okay, so then there was, (laughs) on March 2nd, there was an article. Here's a comment by Taco Tuesday, and then I'm going to read Taco Tuesday's comment first, then I'm going to read Karen S.P. So Taco Tuesday comments on this article about Mr. Swain. Now, remember, the judge just commented on Mr. Swain at the sidebar, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. The comment is this. The Taco Tuesday says, what a circus. The prosecution had to step in and stop Jeremy from digging himself into a hole so deep that it comes out the other side. Wait. I thought the white noise was on. 
Right. And then Karen SP comments and says, Sounds like both the judge and the prosecution are trying to keep Jeremy's head above water. That's what happened when a defendant is full enough to act as his own attorney. <laughs> oh, you know, some maybe some people, that white noise doesn't work on them, and they're just sitting back listening. <laughs> no, it might I be their spidey sense. Because I've tried to hear. Holy cow, yeah, that's ridiculous. I've, I found that a bit troubling. Did you guys? Yeah, that's scary. That that's well, what that re that's referencing. Yes, so for sure. That's a yeah. really strong indication that mm -hmm. it was somebody in that inner circle. Yeah, there, in that the, group. the people who were gathered around the judge at the side. Yeah, bench. yeah, and when yeah, exactly. I was just gonna say that inner circle you're referring to, Tom, had to be like, and it wouldn't even be the whole defense no. team. Well, it would be the whole defense team. It would be Jeremy, Ryan, Marcus, and mm -hmm. Marcus, the attorneys the that are arguing, and it would be. No, but not all of them. It would be the one prosecutor that was dealing no, with that right. issue. Which was yeah. every once in a while they'd have more than one, but usually it's just one to go up because yep. there were four mm -hmm. prosecutors on this. And case. then the court recorder so, and the judge. So there's only like six people that heard that comment. Yes. And once I started making comments, like literally the day the trial was over, I know there were a few others who were regular commenters with me, but I definitely recall Karen S.P. Uh -huh. and Taco Tuesday as people uh -huh. who would ask questions that I thought were kind of more detailed and more, more like, well, why were you thinking what you were thinking? You know what I mean? more trying to trying uh -huh. to get into my uh -huh. brain maybe to figure out why in the world would yeah. you have gone in this direction i really felt like like those two of all of the, the rest of the comments were more along the lines of honestly you know either you're an idiot or whatever you know what i'm saying just sure those yeah. Two, yeah. It's, yeah i felt like those two yeah. were really trying to engage me in a discussion to get my thought processes about why yeah. I went in the direction I went, or you know what I mean, why I pushed so so hard for the yeah. direction I pushed for, basically. Right, because they didn't get the opportunity to interview mm -hmm. you like yeah. yes, exactly. we did, like oh. I did, and I'm sure they wanted to as much as I did. But yeah, I think they probably thought that I was just somehow duped by this rich guy and this, you know, bedazzled by Marcus Mumford's words or something. And it's like, no, although, I, you know, yes. I was dazzled by Marcus Mumford. He was an excellent attorney. God rest his soul. He really sure was. Sure he was. Sure. You know, yes. no, in the end, it was the yes. evidence. It's what do you have in front of me? So I picked out some of the things that were like, really troubling to me another one on february 17th so trial had only been going a couple of weeks and karen sp made a comment on one of tom's stories and uh oh tom and what she be ready tom <laughs> tom's always get getting everybody riled up i guess it wasn't just me yeah, tom that's good to hear. <laughs> yes so karen sp commented she said that she was sure when Mr. Johnson, as a witness for the defense, cross-examines himself on the stand, he will be able to adequately explain everything. Well, here's the part that's a little troubling about that to me. Remember the episode we did that was just so funny because we, we were talking about how Ryan Riddle cross-examined himself and he was how like, are you feeling? wait, yeah. I'm... I'm I'm arguing with myself again yeah. like what that, that whole yeah. thing none of us on February 17th when when Karen SP commented on that at that time none of us knew that Jeremy and Ryan would have to 
do direct exam on themselves. We didn't know that. We thought that that's what their standby counsel was going to be used for. And we didn't know until March 7th when Judge Newfer made a ruling that effectively said they can't use standby counsel to ask them questions. They have to ask their own questions. Oh. Well, how did Karen SP know three weeks yeah. ahead of time yeah. that Mr. Johnson, when he was a witness, that he was going to cross-examine himself? How did Karen SP know okay. that? None ESP. of us knew that. Did Tom, did you have a clue? And it wasn't a sidebar. There was no sidebar about this because it wasn't until Ryan was going on the stand that we're like, okay, now we got to deal with this. Yeah. Tom, did you have any clue that these guys would be examining themselves? Wait, no, no. That sounds... Say that that again. Wait, wait, that sounded bad. Wait. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) Not in the courtyard. I mean, in the courthouse. Okay, let's take that back. This is not that kind of case. This is not that kind of case. Wait a minute. (laughs) Back up. (laughs) Thank you, Sally. So... I've been at middle school way too long. You can't talk like that, Pamela. (laughs) Okay. Oh, oh man. Okay, Tom. Let me rephrase that. Tom, did you know? Did you understand prior to to Judge Newfer's ruling that they would likely, or that there was even a chance that, that they couldn't use standby counsel, that they would have to do their have direct exam be done by oh, themselves? Oh no, I had no idea, no clue at all. You'd never seen it before no, either. No, and I, I'd never heard talk of yeah. it or. or... You know, the, even that it was an issue yeah. or would be an issue in a couple of weeks. Or a possibility. Yeah. An yeah. issue or a possibility. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. How about you, Kathy? As a juror, did you have any clue about how, like, what, did you have a heads up no, prior no, to? No, not at all. I mean, I, the, you know, I was just rolling with the yeah. days, right? <laughs> really, at that point, I was just rolling with the days. Right. And, you know, trying to keep track of the information I was given. But it's not like someone came in so, and said... Just so you know, this is going to appear weird. No. We're going to have one of them representing. So you had no clue until it happened on the stand. No, not at all. Well, I, I, I really feel like, like I said, they did a lot of what they did just to kind of, you know, baffle the jurors and just or overwhelm them. So, yeah. no, honestly, I never I didn't think that so, far. I was literally just day to day. And about this time, I was starting to go absolutely nuts trying to find out who Karen S.P. and Taco Tuesday were. I'll tell you some more things that we learned about them, but I was like really trying to put some pressure on Tom to please, please, please tell us where they created, where was that pin? You know, anytime someone like logs into something, there will be an IP address Mm -hmm. connected to it. And we were dying to find out where those were. Tom, I don't know if we should totally protect you here (laughs) and I just not say how I got the information or what you want to do. No, I'll tell you what happened. So, okay, tell us. So I got an email from Karen SP, uh, and maybe several of them, I can't remember, but uh, at least one. And it was uh, saying something about something I'd reported in an article and referred to a document that uh, supposedly had been posted on some legal website, Legal Eagles, I think it was called, or something like that, and had something to do with the Johnson case. And so the Karen SP email referred to that document that came off that website that supposedly came out of the case. I went looking for it and never found it. Never mm-hmm. found the document mm-hmm. on the Legal Eagle or whatever the website was. So, of course, that told me that somebody got that out of the case file, you know, and it's usually only yeah. either reporters or attorneys or, or judges who, who really 
get into those case files and look for that type of stuff. So I tried to trace down using the metadata that was on the email, I tried to trace down where that the IP address of where that had come from. And I did get it down to a, the block across the street from the federal courthouse. There was an that was some note or something from whatever the Comcast or whatever the company was at that point was there. But that's no as far, kidding. Yeah, that's as far as I could go. And, you know, to me that, that, you know, there's a bunch of attorneys around there, U.S. Attorney's Office, who knows where that could have been. But it's pretty curious. And it's pretty I, close. Yeah. So that's as far as I could take it. And then when when Pam was asking me about it, so my conclusion was that I couldn't go any further. That's all the technical skills that I had. And there are not very many. And so I said, I turned over that email, <laughs> gave Pamela that email, forwarded it to her with the agreement that if something came of it and they figured out where it was or where it was coming from, that I would get, you know, first dibs on the story. And then I remembered about the story about the strippers F-bombs and stuff. And so I wasn't going to keep my word on that. <laughs> now I find It's like out. she's got a truth serum going over here. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> Con true confession. That's right. <laughs> no, so we took the email. We went as far as we could. And here's what we've learned. Both of those IPs, both those names, Taco Tuesday and Karen SP, both of them pin right by the federal courthouse. Now, what we learned about IPs is actually could be in the courthouse and it's just the pin is showing just outside mm -hmm. of it. It could be like Tom says at another law office across the street sure. and it is just showing in the middle, like it's showing close to the courthouse. So wait, can I say right here, Taco Tuesday or Karen SP, if you happen to be listening to this and want to talk, we would love to have oh, you on a podcast. Please. Oh, please. <laughs> please contact us. You know us. they're okay. listening to Sorry. this. Yes. You know they are yeah. listening. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> contact us. We'd love to hear your side of the story. We want to hear. We know you're a better legal mind than all of us. So, yeah, we'd love to hear from okay, you. Okay, sorry about that. And if you question that, Karen SP will tell you that. <laughs> so I'm sorry to do this to you. But there was so much more, and I've got to cut it because we had so much fun, and it was so interesting for all of us that we went way long. So we're, I'm going to have to do a continuation to the next episode. Oh, my gosh, there's so much more. And I'm dying to know, what are you all thinking? Does anyone have any information? If you do, please share it with me. If you just want to let me know what you think, I'd love to hear what people think. I'm going to post this stuff on social media. And, man, I'm fascinated to know what everyone thinks. So thanks for listening to Pamela Private Eye.